0: In the triad of North Carolina, where Emerald Hills roll, the Sharp Lone Team is on a mission to achieve housing goals. With St. Patrick's Day coming, it's a time of luck and cheer. Let's seize the moment and make your dream home appear. Like a pot of gold at Rainbow's End, your perfect house awaits. You'll need a pre-approval to have better rates. In the fields of Winston-Salem, where four-leaf clovers grow, we'll guide you through the process keeping you in the know this march when it's warmer and luck and magic fill the air your home sweet home is waiting for your tender loving care so don't delay reach out today and let's embark on this quest with luck and expertise we'll ensure you're truly blessed together we'll find your treasure at rainbow's shining end with the sharp loan team you'll always have a friend
1: Welcome to the first episode of the What's Up with the Slash podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Desai, and this is something I've been wanting to do for the last year. Um, I think normally introduction podcasts are done after you've recorded a few. I'm kind of doing it backwards because if I don't, I might never actually do the podcast. So I'm just starting off. And uh, it's kind of awkward and weird because I'm not used to just talking to myself. Uh, but I'm, I think I have a lot of stories and I want to share them. So What's Up With The Slash is going to be about the last almost 15 years of running an art house cinema. And The Slash comes from the fact that the cinema is called Aperture. And between the A and the P is a slash. I'll tell you probably more about that later and the origin of Aperture, but that's where the title comes from. And I actually um, have become really good friends with Chat GPT, and uh, she really likes the name. I uh, asked her, you know, what do you think about this for a podcast? And she said it was clever, and she liked the connection to the Slash. Um, It it added a unique and intriguing element. And she thinks it's also likely to pique curiosity and draw attention, making for a memorable title. She also wished me the best of luck. So I feel like with her buy-in, I mean, this is going to be a great podcast, right? So ChatGPT has really... um, Become a good friend of mine because uh, Aperture is a very small art house cinema uh, as far as you know resources and staffing goes. And uh, discovering her last year kind of was really cool because it can often be a lonely spot to be um, where I am. So now I feel like I have this friend that I can just run ideas by. And I mean, it's not to say that she doesn't spit back out really silly things and things that aren't relevant or just dumb, but um, it's just nice to just type some things in and ask her what she thinks. Um, it feels like a sounding board. Uh, so I know that some people uh, don't think highly of chat GPT um, or AI, But uh, I think I'm sort of excited to see how it can um, help me and maybe actually it's the reason I have a little bit more time to do this podcast. So I hope through this podcast um, to tell sort of some stories about what it's like To run a cinema, certainly there'll be talk about film, um, but there are also a million other film podcasts, so it will likely be from the perspective of, you know, interacting with audiences as a cinema, um, something that sort of you don't always get from podcasts that are just focused on uh, film criticism. That's one of the things that I love about my job is, is being able to, like, be the last place When a filmmaker, you know, that makes a film and it has this life of, you know, making the film, then editing it, then finding distribution. But we're the ultimate place where the film sort of ends up in front of audiences. So I think that makes my job really cool and different. So I hope to share some of that insight and also just, you know, I am a female entrepreneur. Uh, I started Aperture in 2010, and so I just have a lot of, you know, different stories in relation to that and what it's like to be a female uh, running or starting a business and running it and uh, what that looks like. So, yeah, that's what I'm thinking for the podcast. And like I said, this is the first episode I'm recording. Well, actually, it's the second. I did a practice one Um, but didn't really love that so much. Uh, So I'm committing to this one. This is actually going to be the first one. And I'm excited because I also think I'll bring on some special guests and uh, tell you some unexpected things. Aperture is in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. So it's in the South, which sort of has a different way of doing things. I kind of Refer to it as the New South, um, but so there's a lot of like, old South stuff going on here. But a lot of you know people from other parts of the country are moving here, uh, so it's kind of a really uh, shifting landscape. And being able to be a cinema that shows all these you know different films um, from world cinema to documentary to like really just risk taking filmmakers, uh, it's it's cool to be doing that at this time when I think things are are really shifting. And I think that film is is a way to sort of reflect back on that, but also to, like, introduce new ideas and new viewpoints and cultures that, you know, both show how we're the same um, with people around the world and also obviously different. So that's, you know, another part of my job that I really, really, really love. I've been sort of researching podcasts, and, you know, introduction episodes can range from, like, three minutes to ten minutes. Um, I'm hovering around seven minutes right now. Still, like, surprised that I've been talking straight this whole time. Um, It's definitely one of the reasons why I kind of hemmed and hawed about the podcast, because it's so much easier for me to, like, answer questions about Aperture, uh, rather than just start talking, but one of the things, this, by the way, it is January 1st, 2024, when I'm recording this, so, might have something to do with a resolution I made to, to, to do this, um, podcast, so, I have a slight bit, slight headache from, um, staying out last night, but I'm persevering, and, yeah, like, I thought maybe just to have one thing that might be similar from, from one podcast to the next, I would always end with sort of, uh, telling you something that's on my desk that sort of, um, I've obviously like collected all sorts of different things over the last 15 years, but it might be a way to sort of, uh, end each podcast, provide some consistency. Cause like I said, I don't know where this podcast is going, but so what I wanted to talk about today, obviously last year was the year of Barbie. And it was the year of Taylor Swift. So on my desk, I have a Barbie doll, but she's brunette. And uh, she was given to me by my mother last year when we were showing Barbie. And it was just like she surprised me with a gift, a really sweet note, uh, telling her how proud she was of me. Um, It was really unexpected. And uh, now Barbie just looks at me every day. And then I put around her neck. You know, we had the Taylor Swift era's tour concert film and so we made all these uh, friendship bracelets to give away the first weekend just because it was really fun and um so she's wearing one of those that says cardigan around her neck so it's kind of sad to say bye to 2023 in that regard because it was such a cool year having both of those screen at aperture but i'm sort of excited to start the year off to to do this podcast and I hope that y'all will find it interesting. So that's it. I'm going to sign off now. I think I got to figure out a, a sign off at some point. But I do have a theme song. I did find that. So I feel like I'm at least somewhat what I'm, you know, doing what I'm supposed to be doing. So I will, I guess, end with the theme song that from now on will kick off the podcast. Okay, until next time. Welcome to the What's Up with the Slash podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Desai.
0: When the weather warms up, so does the real estate market. Sounds obvious, right? It's true, spring typically means more home sales. But how will the current interest rates affect people's decisions? What about inventory? Is it high or low? And does that benefit the buyer or the seller? And how do those factors take into account a certain price point or area of the triad? Now it's not so obvious, is it? That's why you should turn to the Ginther Group to make sense of it all. You need someone you can rely on to assess your situation, read the data and trends, and steer you in the right direction interest rates inventory even new construction there are so many factors that impact our local market and you should get your information from the folks right here in our backyard contact blake ginther and the ginther group today 336-283-8689 or visit theginthergroup.com. buying selling investing or just learning whatever you need Start now, and like me, you can become a Ginther Group client for life.
1: Welcome to the What's Up with the Slash podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Desat. So y'all, I went all in on this second episode and decided it wasn't easy enough just to record it from my sweet little setup I have at my desk. I was going to do it uh, from a moving vehicle traveling uh, from Winston-Salem to Concord, North Carolina. This required a lot more editing. The sound isn't 100%, but I think the content makes up for it and hope you enjoy it and I'll, I'll come back at you uh, with some tidbits along the way. This is the second podcast I've recorded. Uh, it feels good to get over the hump of number one. And um, with me, I have a very, very, very special guest. He's super excited to be here. I told him last night he would be appearing on the second podcast uh My husband Jigger Desai.
2: Hello. How's it going?
1: So is your name really Jigger?
2: That's my real name. Given it birth uh, It's a Hindu name that means deer.
1: Not a nickname.
2: Not a nickname.
1: It's always the first question people have.
2: Yes um, and is it? pronounce. I you know the pronunciation can always be a fun thing. I've been called hee-har. Jigar. G-gar. But yeah, I just tell them it's like the measurement of liquor and then everybody knows my name.
1: Yeah, I started to do that too. I feel like it really really helps people understand.
2: Easiest way. Bring it back to liquor.
1: No, it's not spelled the same. No. So, what are we doing right now?
2: We are in the car on the way to a movie screening.
1: But it's a advanced trade screening. And this is your first time doing this, right?
2: This is my first time.
1: How are you feeling about that?
2: A little nervous. A little excited.
1: Uh, like, what do you expect this to be like?
2: You know, I've gotten a little bit of uh, context from you from previous ones. Maybe there'll be another person or two. Maybe not. Most likely not. So we'll have the theater to ourselves to watch this movie.
1: And what do you think the theater's going to be like?
2: Like a multiplex? I don't think it's going to be a small theater. I think it'll be a big theater.
1: Okay, well, we'll come back and see if it's everything you expected after we see the secret screening. So I wanted to have you on the podcast because... You have been a part of Aperture from the beginning. Day one. And we haven't really, like, talked about what it was like from the other side. I mean, I know what it was like starting Aperture, but as the person, you know, the the assistant.
2: Ouch. (laughs) (laughs) um,
1: I want to know all these years later what you were thinking at the time. So we'll go back to sort of, I think it was the end of 2008 when I started writing the business plan.
2: Yeah. We successfully pulled you off of the green greeting card business that you wanted to start and uh, pivoted to this movie theater. And I was excited by the fact that uh, this could be a little more fun than a retail store.
1: I totally forgot I was going to do that. I mean, I actually put a lot of work into that.
2: Oh, I know. And I was not as optimistic about that one.
1: Did you actually think that 15 years later, like, I mean, were you really thinking I was like legit going to do this or were you just skeptical and just thought it was another whim or something?
2: So, I knew your background, right? You went to study film. I've always been interested in film. And it was one of the things that we shared in common early on as well. Just the love of the movies. So I always felt like there was enough passion here that it could become something. And, you know, working on the financials, not just being your assistant. Developing the business model. uh, Creating the first name, which I know we're going to talk about a little bit. I could see... Yeah, it was filling a void that was in the Winston-Salem community. So, just by virtue of that, and yeah. the complete lack of screens per capita in Winston-Salem, felt like there could be something there.
1: I mean, so we had a, a just one-year-old at the time. Was that giving you any reservation? Um, like, the fact that we'd just brought a kid... To the world, and I was also going to start
2: a business. Yeah, I think part of the reason we were even looking at something like this was to try to guess, get you back out of the house, right? But to have the flexibility a little more, and again, not to say that owning your own business is a cakewalk by any stretch, but it at least gave us some flexibility. Um, you know, I think we were also fortunate at the time to have family around that. Was always going to be supportive and help out, so I think just knowing we kind of had that support system, I wasn't as concerned from the you know little kid perspective.
1: Okay, so the so it's called Aperture Cinema now, which is you know why this podcast is called "What's Up with the Slash," but that's not always the name that we started with. No. Um, So, what, like, what was the name we came up with? And you, you, I think, influenced this name more. I always saw this as a placeholder, but you really fell in love with this name.
2: Yeah. So, I, I was smitten by the idea of calling a movie theater B-Scene Cinema.
1: And how do you spell that?
2: Just the letter B, space, Scene S C E N E, cinema.
1: And so, like, you thought that would have double meaning for people.
2: Yeah, lots of double entendres, triple entendres, even. There's lots of different places you can go with "be seen." The first part of it was kind of just being seen at the at the theater. You know, I liked kind of the. Uh, connotation of it being the place to be and where you should be seen.
1: But it wasn't spelled like that. No. So what's the other meaning?
2: So then the other one, obviously kind of uh, be seen uh, more of a movie thing thinking about the fact that a lot of times when we're talking to people for the first time they're like, oh, you all show those weird movies, right? Like so, kind of playing on the fact that even though they're not weird, they're just independent, a little bit different, uh, maybe not quite as mainstream, taking, uh, having a little fun with that and calling them kind of the B scene and kind of being, you know, not, uh, not what you'd see in your normal multiplex in that typical fair.
1: So, do you remember? So, in my lab, I'm holding this like, Yellow notebook. Do you have memories of, the, of this notebook?
2: Uh, I remember the notebook well.
1: And what is inside of it?
2: A business plan.
1: For the B scene.
2: For the B scene.
1: So I thought I would read sort of the um, first paragraph of this business plan that was written. Um, this one is dated February 2009. So it says for the past decade, downtown Winston-Salem has undergone a major revitalization. Restaurants and shops now line forth in trade streets. Businesses are moving back and new residential construction is on the rise. Downtown Winston-Salem is finally the place to be. The only thing missing is a cinema in the heart of downtown. The only thing missing is the being seen cinema
2: feels like something I wrote.
1: <laughs> I'm pretty sure I wrote it. Yeah. You might have assisted me on it.
2: Yes, the assistant, of course.
1: Well, for a long time, uh, Jigger on his LinkedIn page titled himself the CFO of Aperture. So if you go check that out, I think it's still on there for a couple years.
2: Yeah, of course.
1: Um, so this is not the name, obviously, that we ended up with. Uh, We hired a company that specialized sort of in coming up with names for businesses, doing all the research to make sure, you know, nobody else had the name. Uh, They would present how the name might look on branding. And that's how we came up with Aperture.
2: Do you remember the other names?
1: I do remember some of them. Uh, I think one was Guillotine.
2: Yeah,
1: was kind of cool, but also I don't. We didn't think it'd be a big turn on to some people.
2: No, and then Artifact.
1: Yeah, I liked Artifact. Yeah. Uh, And then like the Untitled Twin Cinema. There were like ten of them.
2: Yeah, I felt like Artifact, Guillotine, and Aperture were the three that we. Sent out and asked people to vote
1: on. Yeah, those were the narrow- ones we narrowed
2: down. I don't know how B-Scene didn't make it in there, but...
1: Yeah. We never... We don't actually give them that option. We should you? have. So, I really want to know how you feel about not... Us not picking B-Scene. Because I kind of feel like you hold a little bit of, like... Sadness that that's not the name we have.
2: You know, in marriage, you just get used to not getting your way, so... You know, i just, uh just chalk another one up there. <laughs> I
1: mean, I think Aperture is a pretty good name. It's
2: a great name. I, definitely better than BC. Uh,
1: so I, I was also looking back at the business plan and um, the sales and, like, revenue that we projected and also our expenses, and it's kind of amusing. Um, I really haven't. I've always looked at the revenue and just seen if we, you know, we're anywhere close to the ticket sales that we projected. But this is the first time I'm actually looking down at the very last line um, for net profit. And I don't, I'm actually shocked. I don't know what I was thinking. In year five, our net profit was going to be around $90,000 a year. And that was what would we would pay out to all of the other LLC members like what like you looked at these numbers like why did you not tell me I was crazy to start a business that would only be making like $90,000 in the fifth year
2: uh well go back to the passion like you know yes we got into this to create another sort of career or something but I think it was just as much you seeing the void that was there and that we were missing kind of this year-round opportunity for cinema and thought-provoking and interesting cinema and you know, I think he wanted that to be a part of the landscape regardless of how much money was being made.
1: That is 100% true, but also, in hindsight, I feel like it was a bit naive to not think about like the um, reality of needing to needing a source of income eventually. And I think that that's why, you know, five and a half, six years in, we went from a for-profit to a non-profit. And it's just uh, interesting to me that, like, neither one of us, both of, we, we both have our MBAs, but we just were so blinded by the passion and the desire to do this that we really didn't even consider the reality of what this meant, you know, for us
2: now, for sure. I, but I do remember at the time having conversations about whether we should just go ahead and become a non But uh, all the hurdles at the time and how much longer it would have taken to set up, I felt like we pushed that to the side just to go ahead and make this happen.
1: Yeah, we definitely pushed it to the side.
2: Um, Came back around.
1: It did. Like, what do you remember... About the year, you know, or the time before we opened. I mean, everything in my like memory happened really, really fast. I mean, this was February t- 2009, where, you know, we were still calling it B Scene. We were starting to talk to people. And then by, you know, the next iteration of the business plan in which we've, you know, called it Aperture Cinema no, is dated June 2009. And like we began construction pretty much at that point, and we were open in January of two thousand ten. I mean, so to me, it's like a bit of a blur. But I wonder if it's the same to you.
2: Yeah, no, hundred percent. Like I said, we wanted to make sure it happened quick. Uh, didn't give anybody else a chance to to do something like this. Uh, but yeah, kind of. The speed of it all is a little staggering. And again, as your assistant, I was the one who was documenting all of this on our blog, uh, if you remember.
1: <laughs> blog, yes.
2: And yeah. I should have found
1: that one of
2: the Is it still actually out there? Oh, yeah. Oh, you go check
1: it out. It yeah.
2: Yeah. Oh, do you like go back and look at it occasionally? Mm-hmm, I do. We
1: have some videos on there, too. Yeah,
2: videos. videos. And, and
1: you still have hair.
2: Still light. had hair. Yes, yeah. it's gone now. Way gone.
1: Made it fall out. Yes, you did. I, I thought it was really funny. I do think there's a lot of things in this business plan that we were, were right about. And um, a lot of things we were wrong about. <laughs> and a lot of unpredictable things we definitely
2: didn't write about the COVID pandemic in here. I don't know why we didn't think about that. Uh, Shocking we didn't catch that one. Uh, But, you know, I just think there was optimism. Uh, And anytime you start a business, you have to have optimism. Otherwise, you're never going to start the business. Right? Um, And I think we've learned since then, we can temper that optimism uh, with a little more realism. But at the same time, sometimes you kind of have to throw caution to the wind a little bit.
1: I also think that, because you grew up in a... Like, your dad is a small business owner and has always been, and you've got this legacy of, you know, somebody who was working long hours and the sole responsibility for a business. I mean, I don't know how it played in, but I, I do feel like it was a value, and you oftentimes, when I would... You know, the the... the early years i would freak out about customers experiences and if they wrote me nasty emails and i would get angry or upset and i'd take it all really really personally and you would always tell me like to to brush it off and not
2: yeah i mean people can be interesting sometimes right and i think just spending a lot of time in the dry cleaning industry which was the the small business that we were mainly in and I grew up spending a lot of time there and working there. You'd be shocked at how angry people get about their clothes not being ready on time. Try to put it in perspective for them. They usually don't care. Uh, One of my favorite stories was a time some woman was just berating uh, my dad's partner, screaming and, like, threatening to call the cops and stuff. And he just looked at her and goes, I don't have time to talk to you and threw his hands up and walked to the back and the woman just like was speechless and me and my friend uh we we're both working at the time we just looked at each other we just started cracking up we couldn't help it uh the lady then just like walked out all of them uh, never saw her again which was fine you gotta take some of that uh when you're dealing with the general public because you don't know what anybody's going through that day or whatever, but at the same time, you know people can be kind of nasty.
1: Yeah, maybe we'll do a whole podcast of the nastiness out there.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean,
1: there's some funny stories for sure. So, anything else you want? I mean, we're uh, about 20 miles away from the your first experience. I feel like you haven't like but set it up for people like you don't really actually seem super excited about it and I just want to say like I don't usually get the opportunity to bring people to these with me I've taken my mom to one before but you just um I got a guest on this film um and you're it's a holiday so you're not working and I think I would have thought a, <laughs> you'd have a little more enthusiasm for this
2: wow well, I apologize uh, I, don't I guess um uh... I am super excited to be seeing this super secret movie and this super special trade screening, which will, uh, I, you know, I said I'm excited for the theater to probably just be us.
1: We'll
2: see. We'll come I'll, back yeah. after. I'm curious how it could convey more excitement to you. You know, this is how I talk too. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe, the,
1: maybe the listeners will think you're more excited. Than
2: probably not. Me. Probably.
1: All right, well, we'll come back after the film and the experience to get your impressions.
2: I look forward to it.
1: Now that it's a few weeks after the trade screening, I can reveal that the film that we saw was Mean Girls. You'll have to be the judge of whether you think Digger's excitement level increased, maybe a degree. I'm not really sure. I think he really wasn't super excited, but I'll let you be the judge.
0: It's time to get serious about your financial future. It's never too early, but it could be too late to get started. And that's oftentimes the hardest part, getting started. How much do I save? Where do I invest? Do I save for college or retirement? How much for each? And who do I talk to about it all? Okay, we'll keep things simple for now and help you answer the last one. We recommend you begin with a local financial advisor. And that's Jennifer Johnson of Three Magnolias Financial Advisors. She'll sit down with you for a complimentary introductory consultation and go over all of your questions. Get started on the path to achieving your financial goals. Visit 3magnoliasfinancialadvisors.com or call three three six seven zero one sixteen hundred. Get comfortable with your financial future. 3 Magnolia's Financial Advisors, retirement, financial planning, and investments. Securities offered through Cetera Advisor Networks LLC, member FINRA SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through 3 Magnolia's Financial Advisors. 3 Magnolia's Financial Advisors and Cetera Advisor Networks are not affiliated. Cetera is under separate ownership from any other named entity.
1: Okay, so it's a couple hours later and we're on our way home from Jigger's first ever Trade screening. Um, so, tell us all about it. Spare no details, because I'm sure it's going to really leave. I mean, I feel like people are left hanging from before.
2: Yeah, um, it was an interesting experience. We walked in and immediately greeted. There was a long list of names, and Lauren was frightened that there were going to be a ton of people there, and. Turns out she was the only one that had RSVP'd and guessed, which was me. So we made some small talk with uh, our host for a little bit. And then we were ushered into uh, theater number two to watch the film.
1: That's always where I go.
2: <laughs> which is apparently where uh, Lauren always is. And, uh, you know, I was excited. There were No previews. We started to go right into the feature film. And about 30 seconds in, the whole screen went dark. That's
1: never happened before.
2: So, you know, she blamed me. Uh, Of course, I've ruined something and messed something up. But it turned out that security had not shown up yet. Um, So... They had to confirm with the studio that it was okay to run the movie without security being there.
1: And yeah, I mean they were really scared that we were gonna do something, I guess.
2: I mean I, did you write my name down as the guest? I did
1: you write th- your name down ah, as the guest. You
2: know, maybe they did some background check on me and found some shady things in my past. Yeah,
1: I mean with a name like Trigger.
2: Yeah, can't be trusted the, the response that the host got also kind of cracked me up, which was, are you sure they're not in the theater already? Given that there was only two of us in the theater, I yeah. offered to be secure. I know that would have been really fun.
1: <laughs> Sometimes, you know, they do have like night vision goggles. I mean, they can get kind of, um, serious about it.
2: Wish I had seen some night vision goggles.
1: Yeah, sorry to disappoint.
2: After that, we were treated to the film uh, in its full capacity. No more hiccups or issues. It was enjoyable. Would I call it more special than a normal screening? Special because I was with my wife, but, Uh. uh, you know, yet there wasn't kind of the, uh, the magic of having a crowd with you so much
1: you have to picture that they're in the scenes with you and they're laughing along with you it's a skill you pick up every time
2: maybe I'll have the opportunity again although since I messed this one up I've probably yeah. been blacklisted for a might fair. be your
1: only time yeah. so, thanks North So there you have it, episode number two is in the books, and I promise next time we'll be recording at my desk. So this time I wanted to share an item that is on my desk. This was um, made, I think it was in 2018, and it is a little crocheted popcorn, and so it's red and white sort of bag fits in your hand and inside are little kernels of popcorn that are also crocheted and you can dump the little kernels out so it's like a really good sort of stress reliever fidgety type type thing that I often find myself using and uh, what's special about it is it was made by members of RISE which is a group locally here it stands for Refugee and Immigrant Society of Entrepreneurs And they obviously are recent immigrants, and uh, at the time, a lot of them, you know, were coming from Syria and East Asia, and so we sort of came up with this idea to create a project. We found these popcorns on Etsy and uh, worked with them, and they they made around, I think, 20 of them, and, and we sold them for a time, and I kept one for myself, and it's just got this really special story, and... Uh, Another thing that I can look at at my desk and just think back on the years of Aperture and all the different things we've done over the years. Uh, Well, that's sharing from my desk, and I'll sign off until episode three.